It's time for Q's weekly interview with the Tom Flores High School Coach of the Week here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And we are joined now by the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Week, and that is Centennial High's DJ Campbell. And Coach, congratulations on the award. Congratulations on the team victory in week one. How was it just getting your team out in the grass and, and having them in a game? It was it was good, man. It's it's actually been a few years since I've I've coached at Centennial. The last time I was here was 2019, and we were in the state championship. So uh, to to be back and and be back home essentially, and and coaching and getting the boys back on the field was it was it was kind of surreal. You know, the the kids were excited, the the staff and and fans were excited. So it was it was good. How challenging is week one? We're still dealing with obviously, you know, hot weather here in the in the Vegas Valley, the community, and obviously, you know, the the they're getting the the rust from the summer off. And just how challenging is that week one game? Oh, it was it was it was actually pretty pretty difficult, especially since we were playing a team out of California, so who we're not really familiar with. And so, you know, all we pretty much had to go based off of was their their recent scrimmage. And of course, you know, things can 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 change within a week or or from the last season. So it was it was pretty challenging. And then, um, you know, of course, what everybody else is dealing with around the city is just having kids just show up and be committed in and disciplined. And, you know, it's it, it was it was tough. It was tough. But, you know, I'm glad we didn't get rained out like some of the other uh, games did. But. It was, it was good to get back. Yeah, I guess with, you know, the weather we've been having, I guess, uh, yeah, you got kind of fortunate that, you know, the, the rain that we don't really expect this time of year that it's been coming yeah. down, you know, you didn't you didn't have to deal with that. But your team put up 34 points by the half. So, I mean, I, I feel like that they got off to a really good start. What was most beneficial in, in, in what you saw from the team that helped them get off to that hot start? Um, really, it was just it was just emotion, man. I know well, like as a coaching staff throughout the, the last few weeks, we've really been trying to to build self-esteem and, and, and confidence within the boys because, you know, the last two years they haven't the, the program hasn't had that much, you know, self-esteem and confidence. Um, and so that's one thing that we really harped on. And, and we practiced in practices adversity and putting them in tough situations so that once the, the game came around, you know, those tough situations arose and they were they were able to step up to the challenge. And like I said, just a, just a pure emotion, you know, uh, new changes, um, new atmosphere. So the, the, the boys are really excited. So we, we had some mistakes, but not really a lot of mistakes. But those are things that, of course, we can coach and correct. But um, the the boys were just so excited, and and the energy that they had was was great. DJ Campbell, head coach of Centennial High, recipient of the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Week award, is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio nine twenty. And I know this is about the the team. I know this is about them getting a victory. But how how did it you know feel for you to get that victory at Centennial? As you said, first time back since twenty nineteen. It was it was it was great, man. It was great. It was kind of like one of those like man, we really, we really did this, you know? <laughs> yeah. And um, even though, you know, 2021, I was D coordinator at Kane Springs. And then this past year, I didn't coach. I always kept an eye on, on Centennial, especially since I, I work here in the discipline office. So Centennial always has a, a special place for me. Um, but to get this win after 715 days, man, it was, it was, it was, it was special. You know, it was special. Uh, some of the coaches went to breakfast that morning and the community, everybody at the restaurant, you know, saw us and were just like, hey, good luck today, guys. So <laughs> just to just to really do this for the community and get that win that we very much needed was it was it was very it was very heartwarming. 
Yeah, I bet. And, you know, I, I talk about this all the time when it comes to high school football. It is a lot about the community. It's about the wins and losses, the X's and O's, but it's a lot about the community. And you're already feeling that love. And so to go out and get that victory week one, that's got to be a, a good feeling for not only you, but uh, the players on the team as well to know that, hey, this is something that we can do. Oh, absolutely. And like I said, just to just to give confidence to the boys as well as the community. So like even though it was a it was a, a rainy game, the, the the crowd was the crowd was great. The dog pound was great. Like <laughs> the, the attendance was much more than we thought. You know, everybody wanted to come out and be sponsors and, you know, come out and take pictures and see what Centennial is doing is is the type of, you know, atmosphere that we want. Um, and then some other schools around the city already have it. And, you know, I'm not I'm not big on reinventing the wheel. So I'm seeing like what they're doing mm-hmm. uh, to make their program and their communities, you know, as in, as good and as involved. And I'm just trying to implement that here. And, and it's already working. How special was your quarterback, Vic P? He was also named Outstanding Performer of the Week, 246 yards passing, five TDs on the night. That's pretty special there, coach. Listen, it, it's not surprising. To us, to us who are here in the building, it's not surprising because he works like that every day in the weight in the weight room with with whatever he's doing. He he's that's that's just that's just him. Yeah. Um, and so honestly, I think that he's one of the best quarterbacks in the city. And that's not that's not me being biased or anything like that because he's my quarterback. That's what I that's what I truly believe. And you can ask anyone. I, I call it how it is, even when I'm at Centennial or Canyon Springs, I'm trying to help kids from all over the city get recruited just with the connections that I have from playing college and playing in the NFL. Um, but I truly think that he's one of the best quarterbacks in the city. So his performance was not surprising at all. You know, and it's pretty easy sometimes to identify that special player. And like you said, it's not surprising about the performance that Vic put in. When you have that guy, that quarterback, that leader on your team, I mean, it, it just makes, I feel like, the, the job and the task at hand that much easier. How much are the guys excited to rally around Vic and play with him because they know he's got those special traits? Oh, they, they love it. They love it. And they love the fact that he's such a cerebral type of player. And so he really focuses on like the nuances of, of defenses as well as offense and timing and things of that sort. And it only makes them want to step up. So he's he's not super vocal, but he's a lead by example guy and it's super contagious. It's very contagious. And as a coaching staff, we're trying to challenge him to be more vocal because guys do follow him. And as a quarterback, which is the the you know, the most important position on the field, guys are going to follow you. And so he needs to be ready in all aspects to be a leader, whether it's leading by example or vocalizing. DJ Campbell, head coach of Centennial High, is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920. So for a guy like you, who, as you mentioned, you've been to the highest level, went to college playing football, played in the NFL, how important was it for you to give back and share your knowledge and experiences uh, with the players there at Centennial or wherever you're at, whatever kind of coaching stop you have? Man, it's it's extremely important to me. My my high school coach, uh, Charles Anthony, played with the 49ers, um, was a guy. He went to Western High School. Um, he he instilled a lot of things that he learned in college and in the NFL into us as a program when I was at Cheyenne. And I still talk to him till this day. Um, just, you know, growing up around guys like Hunky Cooper, um, just Eddie Hartwell, guys like that who have made it and like seeing their experiences and hearing their experiences, like it only makes me want to give back to my boys. There's not a lot of guys who have made it to the NFL out of Vegas. 
who actually come back and coach and give their experiences and their, and their knowledge. So I'm the guy I'm trying to really do that. You know, I talk with Brandon Marshall all the time. Who's mm. over at Coronado. Yep. Brandon and I, Brandon and I are really good friends. We've known each other since middle school, played football together. Um, uh, had the same agent in the NFL. We're fraternity brothers, you know, so Brandon and I are, are, are really close. And he and I talk all the time about trying to give back um, to the community, just these, these, these experiences. We're already at a disadvantage here in Las Vegas when it comes to recruiting because high school football isn't respected like it, like it should be out here. And so for us trying to help give those kids you know, the type of coaching that they're getting maybe in California or in Texas or in Arizona can only allow them to have better chances of going off to school, which is what it's all about. And so if I can give you any experience that I've had, you know, whether it be when I was at Cal or when I was with the Panthers or 49ers, I'm going to give it to you. And if you tell me that, hey, coach, I want to go to college, let me show you what it's going to be like. So our academic, our academics is the same thing that we did at Cal. You know, our weightlifting is the same thing we did at Cal. Our defense is the same thing that um, that Mike Leach used to run. Our, mm. um, I mean, I'm sorry, our offense is the same thing that Mike Leach used to run. Yeah. Defense is the same thing that Buffalo Bills run. So I'm trying to give them all the experience that I can um, just to prepare them for the next level. And I always tell my players, even if you don't go on to college or to the NFL, you'll have that much more of a respect for the game of football because of the experiences that I that I put you through. And hopefully you leave my program a better young man or better young woman than you came in. You know, and Coach, you've dealt with plenty of adversity in your life, but you've come out on the other side. And, and I always feel like football is a game of adversity as well. And how much does the game of football and dealing with adversity on the field help these young players with adversity and life situations off the field? So, so the main thing that we harp with the kids on, and if you ever come to any of our practices, you'll always hear us like, hey, finish, 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 don't quit. Because at the end of the day, you're not going to quit on your wife. You're not going to quit on your kids. You're not going to, what type of father are you going to be? What type of husband are you going to be? You know, it, we always, you know, strap up our boots and like we go throughout the day of work and life and everything. And even though we bust our butts every day, sometimes we don't get the result that we want which is just like on Fridays. Mm-hmm. Okay. We work, we work throughout the week at practice and sweating and hitting and we're sore. And then Friday, we're not guaranteed to get the victory. We're not guaranteed to have, you know, the perfect game. But what we do is the next morning we come back, we go back to the drawing board and then we come back and do it all over again. You know, it's just like the teams in professional sports who, you know, those guys, whether they have winning records or losing records, they don't just show up and just say, oh, we're just going to go through the motions. Those dudes bust their butts regardless of what's going to happen. So that's the same thing. That's the same thing in life. You know, I tell the boys that regardless of what type of day you have, the sun is coming up tomorrow. So you might as you might as well, you know, put your best foot forward and keep grinding. It's a great message. Really a great message right there to the players. Again, DJ Campbell, head coach of the Centennial High, as our guest. He's also the recipient of the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Week Award. And coach, for the Raiders to be heavily involved in the community, you talked about professionals and coming back and showing showing the youngsters, you know, kind of the ropes. For the Raiders to be so heavily involved in the community and also high school football, how important is that? 
it's it's very important. It's very important, man. And and for me personally, I've I growing up here, we didn't have any professional sports. And so, you know, we didn't get to go to games. We didn't have, you know, a lot of people coming out and giving back like that. So for them to be involved in the community the way that they are is great. You know, uh, Miles and then Jordan Aguilar, they're doing a great job with yeah. community outreach. Um, and I love those guys. Um, and then for me personally, going to school in the Bay Area, I, I by by default kind of became a, a Raiders fan <laughs> yeah. just from going to school at going to school at Cal. So we used to go to the Raiders games. And, you know, um, even though he didn't play for them at the time, you know, Marshawn Lynch always had love for the Raiders and he's a Cal guy. Yep. Um, so I just had love for the Raiders. I wish they would assign me, you know, when I worked <laughs> out for them twice. Right. Right. But, you know, I'm still I'm, st- I'm still kind of salty about that. <laughs> but <laughs> but, you know, I, I, I love it, man. And, it, and it's exciting because it's only building up, you know, the, the community in the in the city of Las Vegas as, as a whole. So I, I love it, man. Yeah, I think it's important. I love the fact that they have the high school football helmet, uh, you know, wall there at Allegiant Stadium. I think that right. that really yeah, shows, yeah. you know, a dedication to uh, the area, the community of the whole state. As a matter of fact, just, uh, you know, dedicated to high school football because it is so important. So, Coach, I wanted to ask you, what's up next? I mean, you have another non-league game this time. It's with Palo Verde. Uh, what time of challenges mm-hmm. do the Panthers present for your team? They, they are They are physical. They are physical. Watching their game against uh, Faith Lutheran, that's the first thing I noticed was was their physicality. And so we're going to have to step up to the plate. And I told the boys yesterday that this is actually the original rivalry of Centennial, which is Palo Verde and Centennial. Mm. And so we always step up for the game. You know, everybody thinks that it's the Centennial and Arborview, but this is the original one because both schools were established around the same time. And so... This is this is going to be a good one. It's always an emotional game. It's always a physical game. So in order for us to be successful, we have to be physically dominate this game. Well, there you go. It should be a fun one. I love the fact that football is actually going on. There's football activities being played on the field, and I'm sure your team is excited to get back to action. And so far, so good. One up, one and oh so far on the season. I know it's non-league time, but uh, every game is important. You want to get that win and start establishing that culture of winning. Well, Coach, again, congratulations. Tom Flores, High School Football Coach of the Week Award. Congratulations on the team victory, and uh, keep on teaching that good lesson to your team, and uh, we'll definitely be paying attention. Good luck on Friday. All right. Thank you, guys. There he goes right there. DJ Campbell, Centennial High School. Again, Tom Flores, High School Football Coach of the Week Award recipient. And each week during the high school football season, the Raiders are presenting a Coach of the Week represent a recipient in Las Vegas with a $1,000 donation from the Raiders Foundation to the school's football program. So right there, Centennial High is getting a $1,000 donation from the Raiders Foundation to the football program. That's big. And then at the conclusion of the season, a coach will be named the Tom Flores High School Coach of the Year and will be the Raiders nominee for the Don Shula Coach of the Year Award. The Raiders will be out each week providing a pregame meal from Buffalo Wild Wings to the Tom Flores High School Coach of the Week winner and his team. So shout out to the Raiders. Shout out to DJ Campbell from Centennial High School. And of course, shout out to Centennial High School for picking up the big victory as they did over King Drew 41-20 to in week one of the high school football season. 4.15 is the time. We'll take a quick break. Come back. You'll finally hear from Colin Cowherd. I promise. You're going to hear what he has to say about the silver and black and how they check the boxes. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. 
Many thanks to Centennial High School head football coach DJ Campbell, who was the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Week Award recipient. Joined us in the last segment, talked about winning the award, talked about being the head coach there at Centennial, what it means to give back to the community. And I always love talking to high school football coaches, some of my favorite guys to talk to, honestly. I just love the honesty. I love the the responsibility that they feel as well, not only to win games and not only teach the game of football to young people, our kids, but also to help mature these kids and grow them in the community and help them be uh, responsible young adults is something that I learned a lot about when I was in Texas, and I really I just can't get it out of my blood. And so to be able to be a part of the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Week Award each and every week when the Raiders called me and said, Q, would you be av- uh, available to do this? Would you want this to be a part of your show? I was like, are you serious? If it had been anyone else, I'd have been offended. <laughs> I'd have been upset. So, yeah, it's such, a, it's such a blessing, I feel, to be able to be a part of this each and every week throughout the course of the high school football season. So, again, big ups to my guy, DJ Campbell, head football coach at Centennial High School. This is Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. My man Ari is in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm in the home studio. We like to call it Studio Q. The Aces, they're on my TV screen playing right now on our sister station, ESPN Las Vegas. They're up 20-16 to 16 over Atlanta. They're on the road right now, so that's why the early tip-off. But they're up right now trying to avenge the loss that they had, the tough loss that they had against the Sparks, uh, the last game out that they had. So, uh, yeah, we'll continue to monitor that game and give you updates as it as it goes along. We have reason or excuse on the way, and we've been throwing out the question on the don'tbebroke.com text line and the phone line as well, 702-365-9200 and 69187, keyword R&R. Do you see a scenario where the Raiders are better than a lot of people are expecting them to be, and are you starting to believe in this team or still kind of proceeding with caution? Sir Whiskey Ray hit us up and said, Good afternoon, gentlemen. Happy Tuesday. Like in today's topic, at the moment, I'm on board with what our front office has done with these new acquisitions. I sense a new energy from this team as well as a fire that's been missing for quite some time. I've been a supporter of Coach McDaniel since day one as I do believe he's got these guys buying in to what he's preaching. This year is crucial, and as we see here in preseason, this team is on the right track. Q, I believe a postseason berth is reachable. Thanks as always. That's Sir Whiskey Ray. Well, Sir Whiskey Ray's feeling pretty good about the team. Uh, I think that he's still a little cautiously optimistic, and I think that that's okay. I think most of us are cautiously optimistic, so we've been down this road a few times. But there's some folks with some pretty big names and pretty big voices that are really starting to believe in this team, including one very own, Colin Cowherd. So Jimmy Garoppolo looked pretty sharp. First start since uh, way back when, when he got hurt. And... Uh, I have this weird feeling. So I, I understand the way it works in pro sports. If you don't win, you're a loser. You get fired. But even Belichick and Greg Popovich last couple of years have struggled to win. You need personnel. So the Raiders are a really interesting team. They have a new front office, a new coach from New England uh, where they had a lot of success. Uh, here's the other things we've noticed in the preseason. They have the best Backup quarterback in the league, potentially, and Aiden O'Connell. I know I'm not, to go, not supposed to go hypey here. That kid is a backup, looks tremendous. He's out of Purdue. I think he was a three-year starter. He's got a big arm, nice player, two-year starter, nice player, throws a great ball. Not going to run around a lot. That's not what he does. Confident, nice arm, accurate. I think he's looked great. So that's what we know. We also know they've blown out the Rams in San Francisco, so the energy has been great. Um, They're playing with a ton of focus and a ton of intensity in the preseason. So here's the question what we're all asking about the Raiders. Can Josh McDaniels coach? Well, here's, here's the issue. 
There's three boxes he checks, and they're important boxes. Belichick respected him enough to give him the offense for over a decade. That's a big box to check. Belichick doesn't just give the offense for long, sustained periods of time to a guy that he doesn't think is smart. So Belichick, for 10-plus years, said, you run the offense. We also know Brady loved him, absolutely loved him. Well, Brady had problems with coaches down in Tampa. He didn't have any problems with Josh McDaniels. We also know, and this matters, he's verbal. He obviously interviews well. The Colts have offered him a job. The Raiders offered him a job. Apparently, he goes into a room and he can sell himself. So, you know, now he got frustrated with Derek Carr, but I was told two weeks ago by somebody in that organization, a lot of people were getting frustrated with Derek Carr. You know, he he wasn't for everybody. So Josh McDaniels is not a rigid, old, defensive coach. He's not one of these guys that struggles to communicate. There's a lot to like. Belichick absolutely trusted him. Brady loved him. He's verbal. He interviews well. We just don't know about this organization. There's two coaches in this league right now that I think are actually very good, but they're not winning. Uh, I think uh, Arthur Smith in Atlanta, I think, is a pretty good coach. He's not winning. And then Josh McDaniels in Vegas, I think, is a pretty good coach. And he's not winning. But it should be noted, the Raiders' defense, since he's been there, has been awful. He didn't draft it, and he doesn't coach that side. At some point, you can't blame the offensive coach because the defense can't make stops. Now, Brandon Staley with the Chargers, as the Chargers' defense struggled, blame Brandon Staley because he's in those meeting rooms. He's a defensive coach. But I, I watch Atlanta and I watch the Raiders, and the Raiders were like in four overtime games last year. They were competitive in a lot of games. And the other thing is you have to be careful about who's a winner and who's not. Bill Parcells, big tuna, one of the smartest guys that's ever coached in this league, has won 57% of his games. He's a legend, 57%. Pete Carroll's won 59%. He's a legend. Kyle Shanahan, considered a genius offensively, has won 53% of his games. So it, it, it's just easy to say win more games. Andy Reid got fired by Philadelphia and used to get bagged, I mean, just dragged all over the place because he wasn't good with clock management. Now he's considered the smartest coach in the league. Why? Because he wins more. So I, I, when Josh McDaniels got the job in Denver, he was only 33 years old. My guess is he was a kid. He wasn't ready. He was too cocky. <laughs> okay. He's not the first young person to get a job, and he's not quite ready. The franchise has not been that capitalized, right? It had to move. Uh, the defense is a mess. They fired Gruden. They fired the GM. It's, it's, it's even a five-star chef needs some produce to work with here. So, I, you know, they've looked good in the preseason. Garoppolo, when he's upright, is good. They have excellent offensive weapons. They appear to, in the fourth round, have gotten a kid out of Purdue, two-year starter Aiden O'Connell, Dude can play. Like, your backup now, he's free, and he can play. So I, it, And it's easy to say it's a tough division. Is it? Do we trust the Chargers? Do we know what Denver is? Keep your eye. The Raiders are fascinating to me. It's, if you have a great edge rusher, a competent quarterback who's been to a Super Bowl, star back, star weapons, that's a lot of the boxes to check offensive coach. There's a lot of things they have which other teams don't have. And in 2023... They have a good left tackle, a good edge rusher, star weapon, star back, competent quarterback, offensive coach. 
That's a lot of boxes that win 10, 12 games in this league. There you go. Checks all the boxes. All the boxes he just mentioned win 10, 12 games. That's a big change from what he was saying not too long ago. And again, this is only because of two preseason games. Not regular season games, but preseason games. You hear Colin Cowherd. I know it was a little bit lengthy, but I didn't. there wasn't any, any period where it's like, all right, let's just cut him out. I wanted to make sure you got the full content of what he was trying to say, right, in context. And so, uh, yeah, there, there it was right there from Colin Cowherd. So, again, there's many people that are all of a sudden changing their views of this team. And I think he brings up some really good points, right? I mean, there's, there's, there's enough stars to go along with a, not, a, a lot of – complimentary players every team's not going to be just loaded with stars and that's usually not how the the really good teams are constructed you have the stars in the right place in the right position and then you go out there and make some moves now I don't know what you know what that ultimately means for wins and losses but I like what he said and this is kind of my my feeling on the Chargers and the Broncos and I'm not going to go in on them because I don't know what they're going to be but every year we hear the Chargers are going to be great and it turns out to be something whatever so, you know, I, I don't know. The last thing I remember seeing from the Chargers is they were losing a 27 nothing lead in the playoffs. That's the last thing. It's funny. I brought up the show, the Locked On uh, Divisional, divisional uh, Crossover Edition I did. I brought that up over, earlier in the show, and that was like the ultimate straw. I think I broke the, the straw that broke the camel's back is when I started to talk about Brandon Staley and the host of the Chargers show got mad. He got hot to the point where he cut me off and was like, I didn't say that. I was like, damn. All right, like he, he got pretty frustrated. <laughs> I was just like, well, because what happened, the question was, what is the national assumption about your team that's wrong? And his answer was that Brandon Staley is a bad coach. He said, well, they coached him up. He got this team to the playoffs. They dealt with a bunch of injuries, and they were able to make it to the playoffs. So then we get to the question of what was the biggest offseason move in the division, and I said I thought that Sean Payton going to the Broncos was the biggest offseason move for two reasons. I think it helped Denver. It's going to help decide if Russell Wilson is worth the salt or not or if he's going to be just, you know, the guy that we saw last year. And two, it stopped him from going to the Chargers, who I think should have hired him. But, and this is my exact words, but Daniel just said that Brandon Staley was a good coach, so maybe they didn't need him. And, man, as soon as I said that, whoo, you would have thought I talked about his mother. You would have thought I talked about the man's mama. He got mad and cut me off and went on this thing and, and – I'm not going to sit there and take that. I didn't say that. I didn't call him great. I was like, I didn't say you said great. But you said that the, the, the narrative that was wrong is that he's a bad coach and that he did all this to get him to the playoffs. So that must mean he's, he's decent. He's good. Well, well, I just, you know, so then he tried to backpedal. And at that point, I didn't have too much to say after that. I said, well, look, I think that they should have hired Sean Payton. They didn't, but that's cool, no doubt. And that's how I ended it, just like that. No enthusiasm, no nothing. I was ready to go have dinner with the wife, right? No doubt. I was just like, that's it. So then they come back and they're like, well, why don't we just take that over from the top? Why don't we just start over again? And Q, you can, you can make your point again. I was like, no, I'm good. I'm straight. It's on video. Y'all going to drop it? Go ahead and put it out there and, and let everyone else get their thoughts on it. It's all good. I'm, I'm confident in what I do, right? I'm, like, I'm not trying to be an ass, but at the same time, it's like I was making the point that, you know, I thought it was a bad decision to bring the guy back, and my man got hot. I was like, man, you took it way too personal. And I think these, these are good guys, but just took it way too personal. So that's when you know that, that it's easily to, to, to ruffle some feathers. And that's how you know it's almost football season. When, when guys that are covering the team are a little edgy, <laughs> right? And it don't matter who it is. It doesn't matter. It's kind of, it's kind of natural. And, and, and I'm okay with that. But 
I thought that was pretty funny. And, again, my, my biggest point was, hey, man, I think it's cool that the Raiders are flying under the radar. I think nobody's really talking about them. I think that's all right. They jump up and all of a sudden win six, seven games, and you're only in week, like, 10 or 11. All of a sudden you're like, wait a minute, hold on. This team, this team has an opportunity. Remember, you're just trying to be one of the top 14. Top seven, obviously, in your conference. But in, in the NFL, it's, it's, you know, it's 14, seven in each conference. You're just trying to make the postseason. You're trying to earn an extra game. So if you could be one of the top seven, why not? <laughs> right? I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I feel like that this team is on to a little something. But they got to go out there and prove it. Two preseason games ain't going to fast forward them and, and, and fast track them into the playoffs. That's not, that's not going to happen. They've got to go out there and earn it. But, yeah, I don't know when that episode's going to drop. I had a couple people text in and say, hey, when's that episode going to drop? I want to see it. I honestly don't know when they're going to play it. I don't. They're gonna. It's not really the same as it used to be. They're going to kind of piece it together where they're going to do each one of these questions that they had, and they're going to go, like, around the whole NFL. So I don't think it's going to be as, like, spicy as it should have been. But it got a little hot. <laughs> it got a little hot on Sunday when we were recording that show, and I just thought it was kind of funny. But, you know, that's, that's how it goes sometimes. But we do want to hear from you at 702-365-9200. Also, the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Asking the questions, if you see a scenario where the Raiders are better than a lot of people expect, and are you starting to believe in this team in 2023, or are you still kind of proceeding with caution? Got a few texts that I'd like to get to. This one's from El Paso Raider. He said, Q and Ari, what's good, G? Congratulations, Q. God bless. Yes, it's preseason, but y'all remember when Paul Gunther was here and the defense would get ragdolled in the preseason, it got worse in the regular season. Poor tackling and no time and no turnovers. This new defense is playing as a unit, proper tackling and taking the ball away. That just doesn't happen with no talent and great coaching. That's a good point. Um, again, I, I want to see it, you know, and the reason I want to see it, and I do think it looks better than it did last preseason, even though they went 4-0. You're probably thinking, how could it look better? They went undefeated in the preseason last year. They did, but I don't think it was quite the same as what it's looked like so far through two weeks to the point where people were saying, oh, man, this is a, this is a good Raider team. I think when the Raiders won last preseason, it was like, yeah, they won the game. That's cool. Whatever. Right? They're working on trying not to – have penalties, and they're trying not to turn the ball over. But you didn't really – I think a lot of people on the outside didn't think that, oh, man, this Raiders team is going to be really good. And I think most of Raider Nation even was cautious when they saw them win four games. Like, yeah, I remember that Art Shell-led team the second time. They did really well in the, in the preseason, and they were terrible. So I, I just feel like it just feels a little bit different. Uh, I think that Coach Patrick Graham has an opportunity now with guys that – he believes can can execute the way that he wants it to be executed. They can run around and play fast and just get it done. And that just kind of seems like what they're doing. Again, week one in Denver is going to be a fun one. That's going to be interesting to see how it all shakes out. But I'm okay with, with the direction that it's going right now. Uh, let's see. This one's from Glenn in San Jose. He said, what up, Q? Realistically, if they stay healthy with this potential roster, they definitely can double their win total. Uh, I like that. That's good stuff. Thank you so much for that. I do appreciate you. Uh, let's see. We got another. Uh, uh, I thought I had another one that I wanted to get to. Maybe not. All right. Well, that'll work. <laughs> so keep those keep those texts coming. Six nine one eight seven keyword R and R. We will go out to the phone lines real quick. Talk to our guy Dino from Toronto. What's on your mind, my man? Welcome to the show. What's up, you? Love the show, man. Yeah, you're right. It is getting close to football season, man, and everyone's getting a little bit antsy. But yeah, uh, I can't. I, I I like what you're saying. I, I like that. Th- I like that this team is flying under the radar. But if I look at it objectively, I mean, and I break it down, I look at 
did we where did we improve and where did you know it's still a question mark mm-hmm. the only two things i think that are a question mark for us are the o-line and tight end because we did lose darren waller who's a baller but you know, but you know, it's to be it's to be determined. But in the offensive line, I definitely believe special teams. As far as kicking goes, there's nobody better than us. I really like what I've been seeing with the punt and kick return team, and a lot of the coverage I've been seeing. I know it's exhibition, but still, man, there's a lot of energy there. So I definitely believe in that department we're good. The D line and the D overall appears to be a big improvement. And, I mean, offensively, I mean, listen, man, as long as Jimmy G stays healthy, we got arguably the best wide receiver. We got the running back king from last year. Hopefully he comes back soon, JJ. If you're listening, please come back. <laughs> and I, I, I only think that there's two spots where this, you know, obviously the O-line is, is big. you got to protect the quarterback mm-hmm. but and tight end. Uh, everywhere else, I believe we, we did, we, we've improved, you know what I mean? And yeah. if, you, if, you, if you hear everything that everyone's saying, we did lose a lot of close games. A lot of heartbreaking games last year. You know what I mean? Those three, four losses might have might have been the difference for us being in the playoffs, a 10-11 win team, right? So I think we're. I, I don't think we took any really steps back. If anything, I believe we took some steps forward. And uh, it's just those two spots, I believe, are the question marks. But everywhere else, I see an improvement. There you go, Dino from Toronto. Thanks so much for the for the uh, the call, my man. We definitely appreciate you. And yeah, I'm with you. I uh, I absolutely think that the roster is improved and I can see questioning the tight end position because Michael Mayer is young so he hasn't proven anything yet uh you know he's got a long long way to go and Max gave him his welcome to the NFL moment and you know that was that was a learning curve and he hasn't really been out there a whole lot either because he got banged up so he missed some of training camp uh but once he gets going as long as he does get going and develop I think that he'll be a really good addition the offensive line uh, you know, we questioned him last year, which is funny. We we questioned him in a major way, and all they did is help Josh Jacobs lead the league in rushing. Now, there was areas that they definitely need to improve, and I think that there are some big-time questions right now on the offensive line, and, of course, it's on the right side. Is it Jermaine Illuminor? Is it Thayer Mumford? I said, what, the, uh, um, Ari, about um, – it was before the, Ra- the Raiders played the Niners. It was early in training camp when the body language of Jermaine Illuminor just did not look good. Right, he was out at training camp, and he just he looked like he was walking by himself. He wasn't with his guys. And I, I came in on the show. It might have been a Thursday or Friday. I don't remember the exact day. And I said, right now, if the season started tomorrow, Thayer Muffer would be your starting right tackle. Right now, if the season started tomorrow, which it doesn't, I would say that Jermaine Illuminor is probably the starting right tackle. And that's how fluid the situation could be. But, uh, you know, once that gets solidified and whoever's going to be the right guard gets solidified, really the right side of that offensive line. I think once that gets solidified, I think you feel pretty good about where this offensive line is at, right? I mean, Dylan Parham, I think he's dealing with a concussion. We don't know 100% sure. I know he left that 49er preseason game, and it looked like he had a head injury. Uh, they don't. There's not an injury report right now during the preseason, so they don't have to worry about that. They don't have to tell us exactly what's wrong with him. That's just my personal belief. But he hasn't been out there since then. So I'm hoping sooner rather than later that he will be back in action. I don't believe at all that he'll be uh, available this week against the Cowboys, and that's fine as long as he's available for week one. He, he got enough attention and enough time on the grass, time on task, against uh, you know in, in, in uh, joint practices against the 49ers and also training camp just leading up to it and a little bit of time on the grass against the, against the 49ers. So I, I feel like that that 
is enough for him. He should be good to go at that left guard spot as long as he's available. Colton Miller should be good to go. And, of course, Andre James is good to go. Once that right side gets solidified, uh, and, and to Dino's point, once the tight end position is proven, I'll say I like Austin Hooper, but I didn't. I wasn't a fan of the way he played on Saturday. If there was one negative I had to take away from that is the penalty down in the red zone. You can't have that because that is what stopped the Raiders from having a chance of scoring a touchdown and made them settle for a field goal. And you know as soon as they settle for a field goal, everyone's coming out screaming about the red zone because that's been the Achilles heel for the Raiders for a long time, that and the defense. So that's a, a huge mistake. And then there was a couple that he had his hands on the ball, and he just put it, put it on the ground. And, again, he's a veteran. So I expect that from a rookie. I expect that from a couple-year guy in the league. Like when Trey Tucker puts one on the ground, I kind of understand. I don't like it, but I kind of understand. But Austin Hooper, he has the ability to be a really good tight end. I think that him and Mayer could be a nice one-two punch, but, man, he's got to be able to make those plays. If the ball's there in your hands, he's got to catch that. And he can't push off near the goal line, especially when it's not necessary. He's got a big body. Just go up there and post up, you know? Go to the goal line, turn around, mouse in the house, mouse in the house, mouse in the house. You know, just demand the ball. That's it, just like you're playing hoops. He's got the size. So that, that to me, was frustrating. That's something that's got to get cleaned up. And that's not going to help in the development of Michael Mayer. If Austin Hooper can't be that number two guy, that number two tight end, then all of a sudden you're putting a lot more pressure on Michael Mayer to all of a sudden be that guy immediately. So that's one area, to Dino's point, that I wasn't a big fan of from what I saw on Saturday. Thanks for that, uh, thanks for that call, my man. I do appreciate you. And keep that feedback coming at 69187, keyword R&R, and 702-365-9200. is the time. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. My man Ari's got reason or excuse, plus we'll hear from you, and we'll close up shop on this Tuesday here on Radio Nation Radio 920. It's time for reason or excuse on Unnecessary Roughness. You heard the Lady Q. Here we go. Ah, Colin Coward makes his second appearance on the show today. There you go. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? No, this is, in, this is totally not Raiders, so this is interesting. There have been reports that the Dolphins are expressing interest in Jonathan Taylor and Colin Coward's reaction, quote, I think it would put them in a Super Bowl class. So Miami would go from likely making the playoffs and maybe more, I think that's, that's a fair assessment as of right now, to being a full-on Super Bowl contender. All they have to do is get a really good starting running back. Reason or excuse? I mean, that's a good reason. Honestly, I think. I mean, they check all the boxes if they get that superstar running back. I don't know how healthy he's going to be, but they've got a quarterback that's got to stay healthy, obviously. But they've got burners as far as the wide receiver position goes. They have some good dudes on defense, even though Jalen Ramsey is going to be out for the majority of the season. That's a big blow. Xavier Howard's still there. He can make plays. They went and invested. I mean, they, they're – that's a vision. The AFC East is going to be tough, right? A, a lot of expectations are the Jets to just go and run through things. The Bills are still there, going to have something to say about it. Miami's there, has something to say about it. And, you know, the Patriots, their defense is going to be pretty solid, I believe. But what's their offense going to look like? Who knows? But I think that Jonathan Taylor, one, that was one of the first landing spots I thought of when he was allowed to, to uh, you know, seek a trade. I just don't know what they'd give up. You know, they're talking about they want a first-round pick. To my knowledge, Miami doesn't have that. I'm not I'm not 100% even sure. And I don't think that anyone's going to give up a first-round pick for a running back anyway. But, you know, whatever they give up to the Colts to go get them, and then they have to give them a contract extension as well, 
unless they decide that he's going to play on that one-year deal and then franchise tag him. I mean, there's plenty of things they could do. But I, that was the first place I thought of was Miami since they didn't end up with Dalvin Cook, who I thought I thought that was a no-brainer place to go. He ended up in New York with the Jets. So I can see Miami being the spot. So, yeah, I don't know if that makes him a Super Bowl contender, but that sure makes that roster and that team a whole lot more dangerous. So I'll, I'll say that Cowherd, he's two for two on the show today. <laughs> that's a uh, that's a reason. No excuses. Good for, good for Colin. A rare uh, double a win. A rare win for the Herd. A rare two wins, yes. Yep. Okay, I like it. Well, real quick, I'm sorry, I gotta ask. Raheem Mozart, this is not an action. Oh, he's a good back. And I asked because I, it's totally in my own interest. Last year, uh, my first he's a fantasy, good back. first fantasy football league ever. Last year, oh, he, yeah, I know you hate it, You're but he was that pretty fantasy solid. Football stuff here, he I put up I'll, solid I'll, numbers for me. <laughs> wake me up when you start talking about reality, man. Don't talk about fantasy. Man. That that's football. Reason or excuse? No. <laughs> excuse. No, you know what? I as much as I put poo on fantasy football, I know how much interest there is in that, and I know how many people watch football because of that and pay attention to the highlights because of that. And a lot more people are knowledgeable about the game of football and more players around the league because of fantasy football. So I'm not really mad at it. I just know I don't have time for it. Oh, I get it. Like we had an Uber driver the other night, myself and the wife, we had an Uber driver the other night, right? And he said he was in like seven leagues. And I said, what is wrong with you? (laughs) And I remember Adam Hill. Adam Hill. How many is he in? 20? 20 something. That's ridiculous. Like Like, who has that much time? To have twenty, I don't have twenty anything. Right. I don't have twenty, 20 pairs of minutes. draws. I don't have. I don't have twenty pairs of socks. You know what I'm saying? Like I ain't got twenty nothing. Twenty socks total, ten pair. No. Man, maybe. Not even. Right. Yeah. Maybe. All I got to do is get through Monday, Friday. I can wing it on Saturday. Right. right. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. I, real quick though, I must say for someone, I'm kind of random, but like I don't have to. I don't. I will say I last year was my first time. It, it helped me a little bit to kind of connect some of the dots because yeah. I'm more fixated on the local team, obviously, and, and my duties as a radio person. But it helps you kind of keep, you know. Yeah. You know. And it's nice. I, I also had Devontae Adams last year, so eh, wasn't too bad. Wasn't too bad for a first-timer no, to have sir. a nice little nice little squad, man. You were, you were trying to do something good for I the actually, country. I actually, you. you know, I, we'll talk about it on another show, but I, I did have a pretty good shot. I made some really bad mistakes. Shocking. Inexperience, you know. Yeah, exactly. All right, over That's what to happens th- when you're a new booty. <laughs> That's right. Hey, I'll take it. whatever. Today at the PGA Tour, John Rahm said that the players are hearing that the players are hearing people talking about gambling. Quote every single round, and the spectators are all out there, and they're close enough where they're just having these convos, and you could totally hear it as the player, and you could hear things like, "I bet you ten bucks he's gonna miss it." <laughs> he said, "You hear that?" Said Rom. Rom also shot three under and finished tied for 31st because uh, I'm assuming because there was just too much chatter among the spectators and that distracted him. Golf is a spectator sport, right? So it, it is, but it's a quiet spectator sport. I understand, but if you're even if you're quietly, you know, like, oh, that was a nice shot. Oh, I hope he misses it. That's I bet 10 you bucks. ten dollars he's gonna miss. Now he Do just had you- a bad. He had a bad day. He had a bad day at the office, man. That's an excuse. It wasn't because everyone's talking about betting and gambling and this, that, and the other. But I'm sure that that becomes a little distracting. But at the end of the day, he had a bad day at the office. Now the right. funny thing is, everything, every conversation that goes on in sports has to do with gambling. Like It always has to do with gambling, no matter what. I'm working with a guy tonight, Emmett Golden, out of ESPN Cleveland, and he is every single conversation we have. We'll have four hours of a show tonight, and every conversation, he's like, well, I got $5 on that one, and, <laughs> well, I just lost that, that bet and that wager. And it's like, man, every single conversation, I can't get into it. Like, I look at the lines. I look at, you know, who's favorite, who's not. But I'm about as basic as it gets, man. I just – 
I just don't get into that, which I guess is a good thing. But I think it's man. a good thing for someone in your position because it does. There's obviously there's information and there's things. But the end goal using this information to get the, the numbers, whatever. But like a lot of it is kind of, it's like an educated opinion, and sometimes right. you're. And so I don't know if someone's like, oh, you know, the Raiders plus five, whatever. That doesn't really, like I I it's not an I do this opinion. show every morning with Lee Sterling for ParamountSports.com, and he'll be a guest on our show. Uh, on Fridays, right? And and uh, shout out to Lee. He does a fantastic job. He's been handicapping for years, and he's one of the best in the business. And we do a show every single morning called Locked On Bets. And you know, we we talk. I learn a lot. Like he'll give me a good bunch of reasons why h- h- whatever he's saying makes sense. And then at some point, I'm just like, yeah, I, I just I don't know, <laughs> right? It's just it kind of it is what it is. Even last night for the Ravens and the Commanders, I think the over under was 37 and a half, the total points, and it went way over early. And so that ended up becoming part of the conversation on Monday night. Well, if you had the over, then you won already, right? It's, it's mm-hmm. so funny that that is such a part of the conversation where years ago it would never be a part of the conversation. But that's how everything has evolved. That's how gambling is now a part of sports. And obviously it's a big-time moneymaker, and you see all these leagues and teams are all heavily invested in it one way or the other. No doubt. Yep, facts right there. Uh, the last one, Pat Mahomes was running th- then through a dart just before stepping out of bounds. It's great athleticism. The pass was incomplete. Uh, one of those questionable sports accounts that there's too many to mention, I don't even remember, posted the play with a caption, quote, Patrick Mahomes finds ways, new ways to play football even in preseason. And Twitter pretty much poo-pooed that and said, quote, Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow did this and actually completed the pass. Everyone complained that it was an incompletion. <laughs> Patty Mahomes does it for an incompletion, and it's the greatest thing since sliced bread. So the favoritism and bias of Mahomes is just so irrational, and a great play is a great play. It's not any better because Mahomes did it. Reason or excuse? No, I mean, it's like they're not wrong. I mean, everything Pat Mahomes does is is praise to the, you know, 1,000th power. But then again, a lot of things that Patrick Mahomes does are great to the 1,000th power, <laughs> right? I mean, he, he does some fantastic stuff, so I'll give him credit for that. But, yeah, right now, I mean, he is, and I don't know how long this is going to last, he is that guy. He is a dude that, one, every team wants to have their version of Patrick Mahomes. I mean, what do we hear about Caleb Williams? Oh, he's about he's the, the next Patrick Mahomes. He's this, that, and the other. Okay, I'm sure he's probably not, but that's what everyone's looking for. They're looking for their Pat Mahomes. So right now, everything he does, it's like, oh, man, did you see this? Pat Mahomes threw the ball behind his back. I've seen other quarterbacks. Oh, hell, i see Derek Carr do that, right? I mean, I've seen other quarterbacks do what he does, but when it's Patrick Mahomes, it's a different level. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's – it's honestly, it's an excuse, but I, I understand the reasoning behind it, just because yeah. it's Pat. Yeah, everyone okay. wants to be Pat. Yeah, it's I get that. That is that's how the NBA kind of can be with LeBron too and stuff. You gotta right, get some favoritism sometimes. It uh, happens. It happens. But you know, the guy is fantastic. Every year that he plays, he's going to have the conversation to be in the conversation to potentially be the league MVP. It's just something that you got to get used to. It's just it, it kind of is what it is. That's that's just who that guy is so thank you so much for reason or excuse do you got anything for uh, national day of the day what <laughs> we got just, it's national tooth fairy day I, I know you'll love this one uh wiggle a loose tooth and maybe the tooth fairy will collect it on august 22nd no other yeah. day just august 22nd just, yeah, yeah yeah that's yeah. it well i'll tell you right now if the tooth fairy shows up to my house man they better have the key because <laughs> they don't problem. if they ain't getting in with the key then there's a problem that's an intruder and then we have issues <laughs> so right. there's that thank you Ari, for that definitely appreciate you we'll be back tomorrow same time two to five Red Nation Radio 920.